Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To the Wise Men Say podcast, we are here to look back at the nil-nil draw against Preston at the weekend and look ahead to Tuesday night's game at home to Blackpool. I haven't played in a while, and then a couple of games uh, come along, so that's that's nice, isn't it? Uh, joining myself, Stephen Goldsworth, is Gareth Barger. Good night. Good night. Do you know what I meant to do, and, and I forgot. Um, to ask to ask social list. media, well, because they did to bring in to ease in the conversation to ask social media if they'd ever seen a or what was the most random place they'd ever seen a footballer, you know, on the back of um, Jules and Bennett getting on the on the bus yeah. to go home, which was quite bizarre set of circumstances, wasn't it? So have a little thing about that, just in case you can think of one off the top of your head. If not, if not, we'll we'll not worry about it. Uh, joining myself and Gareth is uh, James Hunter from the Chronicle. Evening, James. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. Can you think of a random place you've seen a footballer, James? It's more normal for you to run. It's oh, more normal for you to run into them than other people. I've seen footballers all over the place. You do. So, you do. Uh, yeah, it's more. It's your... more a place of. It's more a place of them. More a case of what's the most random place I can think of, rather yeah. than where there was a footballer. Yeah, because you know you in press conferences and speak to footballers all the time. But you're gonna think of a a random place. Um, or a sportsman, or anybody famous if we're really stretching it. Um, but I forgot to do I that s- anyway, and I forgot to ask people, so that's uh, not really any good. I, s- I saw Jürgen Macho in um, in uh, the Metro Centre once, um, which isn't that random, but it was <laughs> quite amusing, because uh, actually he saw me there, and when I next bumped into him, he said, I saw you in the Metro Centre the other day. You were looking in the expensive shops. I wasn't, <laughs> which, which I don't really believe. I was going to say, you, you know, yeah. You know, uh, when everyone's going to be wondering what kind of shops you go visiting now when you go to the Metro Centre. <laughs> so, um, it wasn't Harrods. <laughs> so Mart Poom and Ikea ones. I mean, I don't feel like that's that random, really. I mean, footballs need furniture, don't they? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. So Mark Clattenburg, also a referee, not a footballer, celebrity referee, Mark Clattenburg, um, in a cafe... Homer Hill Farm Shop it was. Um, I'm sure many people would be aware of it. And he was uh, very vicious to the waitress. Quite rude, actually. So oh, exclusive. Uh, exclusive. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was very... It was really funny, in, like, in a way, because he was like... He asked for breakfast, but it wasn't like... Um, he wanted, like... He wanted something specific, but obviously they'd done something where, like, he'd ordered something and they'd brought it to him and it wasn't what it said on the menu. Um, so he was like, he like literally called us over, like 
he was going to book her. It was quite funny, really, like the way he did it. And then he was like, oh, um, so he did this last time. He was like, don't replace things on the breakfast without consulting me first. Don't just like put this on and don't put that on. Um, um, Because, I, I, you know, if you, if you haven't got something, come and tell me and I'll tell you what I want on the plate. And then like sent her away. <laughs> And, uh, and, you, and, you, and, and you did mean as in he was going to caution her there, obviously, just to clear yes. things up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, very don't, important, don't put, very important to clarify with a Macan pronunciation of that word. Don't know. He was, um, <laughs> he was. It was the night. It was actually the the night he got him bothered, didn't he? Um, for traveling, he didn't travel with the referees after the game because he went to see Ed Sheeran, didn't he? Oh, I remember that being in the press. Yeah, it was the morning after that. So. Um. That, so there you go. That's what morning after the night before. Morning after the night before, yeah. Well, yeah. And his lovely personalised plate. All that kind of thing. And his big Jeep. Oh, yeah. So there you go. That, that, uh, that, yeah. random, random, it's random, but it's, you know, people need to eat, don't they? So, again, don't know if that's random. I did um, sit next to Frank McAvenny on a plane once. <laughs> I very... It was a really random, yeah. Um, well, there was a seat in between us, and he was just um, sitting with his head against the window, looking like um, he'd had a rough one as well. Um, that was actually down to watch Sunderland match, I think. It was either one of the London games, or maybe when, when you fly down to Bristol for the Cardiff game or something. I can't remember now. It was probably 15 years ago, but I can't really think of anything more random than that. Steve, um, I sat next to Steve Harmison on the plane once when he was manager of Ashington. And it was about we, the flight was like eleven o'clock on a Saturday morning, um, and literally I was like, I'm going to be struggling like get back for the match because I had a home game, but I did. But he was like picking the team on. He was like he had a team sheet on the plane. He was like writing his team out on the plane. I was thinking like, good use of time. Why not? Very going to get there in time. Mm. <laughs> I mean. Newcastle Airport, Ashton. Don't know how long is that? Half an hour, maybe. It's tight, especially if he's a manager. Very tall, go. isn't he, Steve? Hart? He's very. He's a very broad, very thick yeah, man. He's not as he's, he's a lot taller and bigger than I thought. Yeah, he's 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 a, he's, he's across there most weeks now. Anyway, uh, Anthony Crawler once, who's not a footballer but a boxer, and I saw him in the queue at Alton Towers with his kids. So there you go. Is that it? Shall That's we, it. Shall I we, think. Are we? Bought, we... Are we... Yeah, I think we've done that. Now, well, we? you know, we'll get in trouble if we yeah, go on yeah, for go much on. longer. Yeah, so yeah. we'll uh, we'll get it to the football as soon as possible. Um, don't know how long we can talk about a nil-nil draw for. I mean, if ever there was a scoreline that was ever more inevitable than Sunderland nil, Preston nil against what is it now? Five or six nil-nils this season, Preston? Is that right? I think more than that. I think yeah. six. I think that was the six. sixth. Yeah, and you could see why. You? you could see why. Um, very big side, weren't they, at the back? Very imposing and, and organised. And I think this was really, you know, it sort of hit home to a lot of people that the lack of centre-forward is a bit of an issue, isn't it? Because um, quite early on, I got the feeling that, you know, one of those games we're just not going to score. Because had we had Ross Stewart, for example, he's scoring one of those cup backs, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, or you know, or even Sims, you know, anybody, any centre yeah, forward who knows where to position forward, themselves. Think, in the box, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't want people to think like, oh, you, you know, you've been negative and or whatever. 
I just think you know it's the a, fact that we played around the centre forward yeah, and I we mean, didn't look like of, scoring. We just need a bit of they just need a bit of help, don't they? I mean that you can't fault um <clears throat> effort, desire, competitiveness, all that kind of good stuff. Um, you know, the players adapting to play a certain way. I mean, the fact was set up to pass the ball kind of worked to our works to our advantage in this situation, I guess, because we've got a lot of players who are comfortable on the ball and you know, we can't just not get long. We've got a sort of pass through teams. So and we play some nice football at times in the second half. Uh, sorry, in the first half in particular. Um, and then, yeah, it's just sometimes you need to, you know, get it into somebody who can, you know, drop the ball off and you can build your attack that way sometimes. Um so I think it just you know that lack of variety in in our play probably you know against a team who's well organised pressing from the front and also once you got beyond them defensively uh, made it quite difficult um, and we didn't really create a whole host of chances and some half chances um, but ultimately it probably is a lack of the, the centre forward that's cost us hasn't it really James. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, people people look at the last two games, the last two two games away from home against Reading and, and Watford, and the five goals scored in those two games. Um, and of course, people said, you know, um, no strikers, no no problem. Still score goals without strikers, and and yeah, that's that's true. But you know, teams play strikers for a reason. You know, <laughs> you know, it's with a few notable exceptions, you know, over the years, Man City on occasion, Barcelona on occasion, Spain in the Euros that time, you know, most teams tend to play with strikers. Um, and, they, and they do that for, for a reason. It's, there are going to be games, there's going to be more games uh, when you struggle to score goals, um, when you haven't got a striker, than there are where you're going to score three times um, like Sunderland did at, at Reading. Um, so it was no surprise to me to to see Sunderland struggle against one of the tightest defences, well, the tightest defence in the in the championship um, at the weekend. Um, I think Tony Mowbray has outwardly been quite relaxed about the the lack of strikers. You know, they're not looking at free agents. Um, will they bring somebody in January? Maybe, may, maybe the behind the scenes there's a lot more. Uh, Activity, and we're seeing outwardly, um, but everybody um, was saying over the summer, look, if you're going to play two strikers, you're going to play three, five, two, um, then you need more than two strikers. You know, the, the usual uh, idea is if, if you're playing two strikers, then you need three, probably four strikers. Um, now, yeah, that, that's difficult because strikers cost money and and whoever's not in the team um wants to play and, and and it's difficult to keep everybody happy but quite simply you, you need that you need that kind of squad depth um and Sunderland have, have managed without for the previous two away games but it, it did cost them uh, on Saturday and you just hope that it doesn't cost them uh, too many more points before first Ellis Sims and and then Ross Stewart return yeah it's a bit. Again, not you know, we're not being negative. It's just there in front of everybody's face, and I think this was the biggest example of why it's an issue that we've that we've had yet. And I think the idea that Jack Owes is suddenly a, a centre forward, well, it's 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 not very good reflection on him that a manager would rather play without centre forwards and starting than start him 
if he is his centre forward, even though he was always a winger. That's what we would have let it believe last season, and that's why he played last season. But uh, I mean, he know, was Ijeku, like you know, he's pretty average third division footballer, wasn't he? Really, <clears throat> um, like so, it was a big ask to ask him to play as a centre forward in the championship. Um, so, Based on what we've seen, yeah, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a big ask. Seen. So when you, you know, when he you try, start seeing, tried, yeah, he when, tried, you, when he comes on, he tries, doesn't he? he tries to do yeah. the right things, but yeah, I mean, you you, you know, the, there's always an element of of trying to make do, isn't there? But when managers are, are sort of saying, oh, you know, such and such can do a job through the middle, you know, then you're starting to think, right, okay, well, we're looking at square pegs and round holes here. Um, and I think, as everybody in football knows, you know, scoring goals is, is the hardest part of the game, um, which is why you need specialists to do it. Um, so when you're trying, when you're talking about playing Diaku through the middle, or you, you're wondering if Alex Pritchard can play as a false nine, which you know again he, he did pretty well in those two away games, um, or whether, you, as Kristen Speakman said last season, when Sunderland were down to the bare bones um, attacking wise, you say, well, Jack Clark can can play as a nine. You know, when you start when you're starting to to you know pare down your options, you're saying so and so can do a job. Well, you know, really you are struggling for numbers, aren't you? And I think there's a realization amongst. Uh, everybody that something should have had more depth in that area, um, but you know I'm they didn't bring anybody um, in, and that's the problem. I'm surprised O'Nine hasn't chucked his hat in the ring because he's, you know, that's the kind of thing he would do, and he, you know, I'll have a, I'll have a go if you, if you, if you're struggling. Yeah, um, there'll be nobody to fill his position though. I know, I know. I know. The back. He's been, he's doing so well there, hasn't he? Yeah, I know. Um, and he, he played up front against MK Dons. I suppose MK Dons, and he scored. He like played yeah. as like a sort of auxiliary striker in that game, um. So I mean, I'm not saying like I would do that. Just I was just sort of thinking because he's got a bit more physicality about him, hasn't he? Than than maybe some of the other options. Um. But yeah, it, you know the the they're gonna. I thought the 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 thing that was a, a positive in that regard is I thought Diallo when he came on and played through the middle. Give offered a much different threat. You know, someone like Pritchard wants to come to come towards the ball and, and drop deeper, whereas Diallo wanted to stretch them, running behind. Um, you know, and I, I feel like that's. I can't. I can't see why he wouldn't maybe start thinking about well, this ha- he's going to have to be the option now um, in that in that area um, because he, he looks of the of the one of the players who've had a. Had a go of playing in that, filling that gap. He looks the one who he must looks the most natural playing as a, as a centre forward. So I'd I'd be tempted to. I mean, I know we'll talk about Blackpool later. Yeah. I'd be I'd be tempted to yeah. to start him against Blackpool. Yeah, well, we we will get on to that, and I think I think you're right in, in in terms of this could be just a game. The game not too far, you know. We didn't lose a game. We're playing all right, like I say, far from being negative. We're happy with the application of players. I think we're generally playing good football. We're in a position that none of us realistically thought we were going to be in. So certainly no complaints. But uh, possibly this was a the game which he could justifiably then maybe start to mix things up a little bit. So we'll we will have uh, a look at that. But touching on uh, talking about 9 in the back there, and I think James, you know, he's he's, he's He's playing well, and we've seen him do a job there before. Danny Bart alongside him is just his his grown into this player this season. I I didn't see this coming last season. Um, I thought he had last season. I thought he would follow up a really good game with a really suspect performance, and he just looks 
so assured and so composed there, just marshalling that defence at the back. Yeah. You have to wonder when when he first came in whether whether he was fully fit, don't you? When he first came in last last season, if there wasn't an element of him getting up to to speed, really, um, because he has looked a different player this season than than last. Um, he's he's just looked, uh, you know, sort of a bit of an immovable object at, at the back, hasn't he? Um, I, I'd like to see. I guess the problem the problem is Sunderland have got have got players in in those positions, haven't they? They've got people like Bailey Wright and you know Dennis Serkin that's played and as a centre back this this season and Dan Ballard when he's fit again. Now, how does it all come together when everybody's fit? I guess that's the the, the next question. How if you if you're going to play a back four, who who do you pick? Who are your two best centre backs? Um, and how are you going to fit them together? Um, so that there are, there will be. Dilemmas for uh, Tony Mowbray further down the line, won't there? That, that'll be the, the thing. But but at, at the moment, you have to say when you're picking a, a back four or a back three, Danny Bart's you, the first name on your team sheet, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Nice problem to have that though, wouldn't it? When those when those players start to come back, because we were concerned when with Sergan's injury as much as as Ross Stewart's in a way before you know after that Borough game. Um, Probably most of us guilty of judging Elise very quickly off the limited um, amount of game time we'd seen him early in the season. But that's all you can go off as a fan, isn't it? And mm-hmm. as somebody watching Sunderland. Um, but now, I mean, again, I thought an outstanding performance from him yeah, at, both, at both ends of the pitch of the weekend. Suddenly you're looking at thinking, well, Sergeant's not going to get back in now. And, and yeah. that's, that's a, it's a good position to be in, isn't yeah. it? I mean, he looks, he, he looks like he's playing with freedom, doesn't he? When, he looks like he's enjoying himself, and um, you know, more, I'm mean, obviously playing more as a, with. Well, he's playing as a left back really, rather than that left centre back now. Obviously, it's with kind it, without of, the, it's kind without of off, the, I feel like off the ball, it's like a bit like a back yeah, three on the ball. It becomes yeah, a back four, doesn't four, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he, you know, he at times that he was like thinking when he got forward, he wasn't recovering. He was kind of going, "I'll just, I'll just stay up here for a bit and sort of see." See if I can win something, you know. If the if we recover the ball, he was he, he seems really confident, and you know he's done some really good things. Um, yeah, it's it's good, you know. The, it's good to see the, the the that Sergeant gets injured. I mean, you know, you, you look at the situation we've been in this this year in in those areas, you know, where we've lost Ballard and Sergeant at, at times, and. Thinking, oh, what we're going to do? Then O'Nine's come in and played really well there. And then Sergan's got injured and we're worried. And then he's come in and done the, done the business. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, and it's great, isn't it? Competition for places, all those cliches or whatever. And players are going to get injured again. So, you know, we'll, we'll I imagine we'll see, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see other opportunities, you know, arrive. Um, for for other players or the players who've come out of the team, um... I think that's the frustrating thing for, for for me, Gareth. Over the you know right now, Sunderland have have done really well and they've got cover in virtually every position, um, including for some players that that as, as you say were absolutely fundamental to the team, like Sirkin uh, uh, and um, Dan Ballard uh, earlier on in, in the season. The one place where the where they didn't bring in cover was um, centre forward, and 
you know, all through the summer. With uh, well, in fact, not even all through the summer. Right back to last January when uh, uh, Ross Stewart was the only fit striker, and uh, uh, Nathan Broadhead was out injured. People kept saying, "You're going to need to bring in a striker." Now they risked it in in January. And if anything had happened to Ross Stewart in the second half of the season, then that would have been it, and promotion hopes would have disappeared. And they've risked it again um, this time by not bringing in a third striker um, in August. And this time they haven't got away with it because no sooner did the window shut and they lost their two strikers in consecutive games. Um, and of course, that's left Tony Mowbray having to do a make do a men job, basically. But I just hope that they learn the lesson now. Uh, I don't want to keep harping on over, over this because I know that it's something that everybody's been talking about for a long, long time. But it just, they've, they've got so much, or, or they seem to have other positions well covered. Um, but that's just, that's that's the one point, the one the, the one position that they that they didn't uh, strengthen. The thing is, it was just a one frustrating thing from the weekend. It's, it's, not, it's off the ball stuff as much as anything. You know, the, the teams are now playing against us aware we don't have a striker, and it means they can almost give themselves an extra man when they're defending. Because, you know, a centre forward can, can play 20 minutes and not touch the ball, but still have an impact because of where he's pulling defenders and, and making room for other people. So, you're right. I don't want to keep, you know, thing calling it, it, but I know what you're saying about it was the one frustrating thing from the, from the game. I'm not James saying there about learning your lesson, but the messaging out of the clubs being well, almost like this was the plan anyway. So there's no less they would they would argue there's no lesson to be learned because they've done what they wanted to do. I can't really believe that. That but, must just be the public fears of it. They can't. They can't, but, they can't believe hope, that they are planned for this to, for Jaco to be the third striker. They just can't have done. I think. Well, I think that. I think that that's the that's the message, and everybody's you know Christian Speakman and other people have been relaxed about it, um, and they were relaxed about it when when they took four points uh, from those two away games. But if Sunderland go through, I don't I don't know how many games there are now, but between now and Christmas, if there are if there are ten games and Sunderland fail to score in six of them, then you know whether they'll be as relaxed then, <laughs> I don't I, I would very much doubt. I guess you know on the. The positive, and I'm I'm very much being you know vocal about the fact that I think I took it as a complete mess up and negligent, and that's what I said. And I, I do stand by that because I don't I don't think you know it was a, a good decision at all to to do what they did. Um, but I guess the you know the positive is say we haven't seen you know talk about Diallo could it, or Ahmad sorry is he, is he the option there and we haven't really seen much of him yet apart from his fleet and sub appearances and he, he looks you know a tidy footballer so it'd be interesting to see what would happen if he was given a run of games um, and he and if he does well then maybe they they that's just going to reinforce their argument and they can say well we were right weren't we because we put this lad in and he's done the job so we we yeah. we did approach the window correctly so. Um, it could go the other way. I hope it does. Um, I hope it does. I mean, you can, it's like one. Of, he's a player. Look, watch, watch him at the week, and you think you can see why somebody's had a had a punt on him at, at the price that was paid from because he's got a yeah. lot of a lot of technical ability. Um, he's very fast, <clears throat> and he, you know, he's, he he wants the ball. He doesn't give the ball away, really, does he? No, like, no, he rarely gives a ball away like at his feet, and he he will, you know, he will give it off to somebody else. Um, you know, if he's in, a, yeah, a, I, a, I, a, I don't want to keep, keep 
I don't want to keep dwelling on that, that that negative point from from the window because I think in 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 general that aside that one that one issue aside I think it's it was a very positive window when you look at the players that Sunderland have brought in and I think that they've made you know a very very good start to um to the season and you know they're, they're surpassing most people's expectations expectations um at this stage so I I don't want you know to, to sound like I, I've got a downer for that reason. It's just that one specific point about the, the striker that I'm uh, unhappy about, but the rest of it, I think, has been has been excellent. Mm. And I think the one complaint we had early in the season was was Sunderland were done after 60 minutes. Um, and that hasn't been an issue. You know, partly, I think the players look fitter, whether that's just them getting up to speed in the, in the championship, the next level up. But of course the young signings he's brought in and we're going to talk about again, talk about the Blackpool game next. And when the transition of those guys not being on the bench and starting is going to be, because it's going to happen at some point, but at least that's made, that's made a difference in terms of games, game management, hasn't it? Um, I, th- I think Barlock's a real player personally, very raw, but I, I think he's, he's really got that swagger about him. Once there was once in the, in the second half, when I think I don't know if it was a keeper or defender giving the ball, and then a yeah. pressing player came right up behind him, and everybody was like, "Oh!" and he just calmly turned away from him and and, and carried the ball. And well, he nearly something... put in, um, uh, he nearly put Ahmad in, didn't he? Try to play sort of a through ball. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. That was, everyone's heart was in the mouth. I think when the, when he saw him receiving the ball, and then just he created about forty yards of space for himself. Um, just carries the ball really well, doesn't he? That's what I like. He makes up. He makes up a ground, and that's what we we've mourned about this probably since Jordan Henderson left. I think uh, Jan and Villa was we could do it, but I know we're talking in context here and in relative mm. terms of where we are in the football pyramid now. But um, it's something we've lacked for a while. A midfielder can carry the ball like that, so yeah, that's a really it, encouraging substitute performance by him. I thought. Does it, I mean, he looks a bit like Elise as well. Elise he is um, he looks really a clever player as well for like someone so young. Neat bar the same. Look like got good intelligence about them. You know the that one off that cleared off the line. Um, you know awareness of that situation, what was developing and getting back and, and doing that. And you look at it really. That's that's got your point in the game, hasn't it? Because if yeah. that goes in, you know, which probably unlikely we're gonna yeah we're gonna we're get back into it. First, yeah, yeah, so. Um, you look at that and go, it's a massive contribution, you know. So, but yeah, they do yeah, seem you, really you, switched on, don't they? All, the, all these, yeah, for some young players, they do seem and you know, know what they're about. And there's, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of like, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. I think you, you're right that, that, uh, um, that clearance from, from Elise, um, you know, made a big difference because Preston would have just shut the game down even more than they already did. Uh, if they'd have scored after 10 minutes or whatever it was, they would have just shut the game down completely. I mean, I've just written there today from Tony Mowbray, he was saying that uh, when he looked at the... Um, uh, when you looked at the stats afterwards, the ball was only in play for 44 minutes out, out of the, wow. the night. You know, 44, 44 minutes by the time, you know, the time wasting and all the rest of it was taken into account. There's only three um, minutes added on at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been quite funny if they'd have added 46 minutes on. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think but, they, but yeah. There was a lot of, they were committing a lot of tactical fouls, weren't they? Because they were getting away with it. They got away with it for so long, didn't they? Yeah. Took it in yeah, turns, didn't they? Uh, yeah. eight, the number eight and the number four just took it in turns to foul. Um, and yeah. Eventually you got booked. But 
Um, he might have booked him a bit sooner. I think the referee, yeah. generally, I mean, the referee, I mean, <clears throat> referee still just a bit odd, isn't it? In, in the football league, it doesn't seem to matter which. If you're in League oh, One, it's definitely, better, it's definitely a better standard than League One. I think it's not great. It's it, there's some massive faults there, yeah. and we've had a couple of shockers, but it's a lot better than League One. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, fair. Yeah, I'll, I, I concede. I will concede <laughs> on that point. You know? um, finally, then before we get onto the Blackpool game, the other the other substitute performance, um, Bennett. He's quick, isn't he? He's he's the first time I've seen him live. Um, and uh, that first 10 yards, I'm not sure I've seen anybody quicker over that sort of distance. Again, another it's another outlet, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he looks he looks like a, basically all, like, all until you've bedded in a bit more, is that review is going to be trying to run down the line and get crosses in, isn't it, really? The early um, days of Duncan Watmore. Yeah. I mean, he, there was a moment where he could have, he, he won the ball back brilliantly on the halfway line and broke away. And if he just got his head up, Ahmad was just, if he just played the ball across to him, he was he was in, and uh, instead he kind of just kept running down the line and went went away from goal in the end. Um, but you know it's experience, isn't it? You you've got to you, it's the only way you're gonna gain experience is by playing the games. It's it's just it's gonna be one of those things, and hopefully once it clicks, you know we're gonna see we're already seeing benefits from these players. The benefits hopefully will be. Um, you know, even greater. I think you know, uh, Bennett. I think um, he's still at that point, isn't he, where uh, he doesn't speak the language, so it's difficult for him to integrate with his teammates and and have that kind of shape and and pattern. Um, he's just having, he's just picking up the ball and driving for the line every, every time, which is exciting. And and you know, he he will produce uh, moments for. For the team, he'll produce a cross or a pass or something, um, which, will, which will set up chances. But it's difficult for him to um, to be part of like a coordinated team effort because you know he's not able to communicate yet. Although he is apparently doing four hours a week English lessons and all the rest of it, so um, you know things are being being addressed there. But of course, it's going to take him a period of time to, to settle. You know, I think it's. Um... It, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's once it would like you say once once he gets that down and you know it's well, <laughs> the bus thing is a bit odd. I thought like like it's obviously great in that that he's you know you can look at it that way. It's quite funny, isn't it? That he's getting like the E one or whatever after the game, want to go home. But like, is it any funnier though? I, I ask you, I ask you, is it, it any funnier than Kirill's mother coming to the Stadium of Light on the Metro? I don't know. I guess you see footballs differently, don't you? I guess I, I don't know. I, I just think it's like kind of think. Can you not like put a car on for him? Like, I mean, they might not. They might not have known. You might have just. You know. Not said, well, not said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't think. I don't think they did know. I, <laughs> I, I don't think they they had any any idea. In fact, it was quite funny today. Tony Mowbray said, "I don't know." Um, whether it was on the televised part of his press conference or not, he said down at Watford, um, uh, Bennett's dad was down there, um, but he'd made no arrangements to get back to Sunderland from Watford, so they had to give him a lift on the team bus. <laughs> he'd obviously, he'd obviously flown in um, cool. I like it. to, I to watch his son, watch his son play play the game, 
um, but hadn't thought, right, well, how am I going to get from here back to Sunderland? Well, um, I appreciate anybody who wings anything, so they've got my full respect. So I just, just, they just come to England and they're just like, they're going to wing it. Let's yeah. just let's just see what happens. Infrastructure, like from a club infrastructure perspective, though, like if we're going to be bringing these young players into the team from foreign countries who, where they've, you know, you, you, I just think it's a bit like, I know we used to have infrastructure for that where we had like... Back in the day, there were, there were club drivers and there were... Yeah, you know, there were people. Uh, players, you know, and then people mourn about that stuff though. People, people say, yeah. you know, players aren't, young kids aren't grounded as much because of that kind of stuff. But you got to be, you're talking about, you know, just airdropping somebody, you know, they've played like 20 games in the professional career or whatever. And you airdropping them into a, you know, a completely different environment, and saying right, on you go. Um, I, I'm I'm sure there's I'm, I'm hoping there's like other support and stuff in place for them, but they kind of I think things like accommodation, transport, and stuff like that are probably like quite important. So I think, I think you know, like accommodation will have been sorted out for yeah, for um, that could be fine. You know, um, I, th- I think he, you know, transport would have been fine, but I don't think he's passed his driving test. So it's <laughs> things like that, you know. I think it's, it's, I think it's fine. I don't have an issue with it. At all. No, I'm not. I'm great. not. I'm not having a go. I just think it's like, I don't know. Just it's a, it's interesting, you know. It does make you yeah. wonder what, what what's in place for yeah. these for these people who are, yeah. who are coming in. It's, but the, yeah, but yeah. that kind of infrastructure that a lot of that died out when, yeah. you know, in, in the League One days because redundancies were made and people who. Yeah. You know, uh, not saying it was their full time job to to do that, but people who would have sorted those things out are no longer at the club. Well, I guess anymore. if you're going to make a big hoo ha about this is our model and this is our plan and this is the kind of signs we're going to make, though, yeah. then surely their welfare um, should be factored into to that. I'm not saying yeah. like they're being treated badly or anything like that. And they might it might just be he wasn't driving the bus. I might just be you know. <laughs> Look, not looking too deeply into it, but maybe, maybe just kind of making a, an assessment based on that one thing. But it, I suppose, I suppose, if he got a taxi home, nobody would, nobody would have commented, would he? No, if he'd got a taxi home, I like it. Keep it real. But you got the bus. I like it. So, I like it. Yeah, I like cost of living great. crisis. Young cost of living crisis. In a bus, like absolutely wide out. It shows his feet are on the ground to me. So I think that's. A, I don't. And, know. and he might even get a concession pass. I don't know. He might have a concession yeah. pass. A pop card or whatever they're called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, okay. We'll uh, have a little break. We'll come back. We'll uh, look quickly ahead to the Blackpool game. Um, before we do that, you can hear from Jane Stewart, who is going to talk to us a little bit about Blackpool. <laughs> Hello, my name's Jane Stewart, also known as Blackpool Jane on social media. I'm the editor of Blackpool Fanzine, now that's what I call Progress. I also write a blog at janestewart.co.uk and co-host Lee Charles TV, which is the Blackpool fan channel. My expectations for Blackpool this season have changed a little bit because everything seemed to go through our star player Josh Bowler and we've lost him now sadly um, and I'm quite despondent about that and it's difficult you can't replace a player who's that special so whereas I might have been thinking maybe we could make the playoffs now I'm thinking I'd be happy if we just finished mid-table to be honest 
In terms of standout players for Blackpool this season, it was Josh Bowler. Um, we've got a lot of new young players in on loan from the Premier League and a couple of new signings as well who, who are young and, and they all look pretty good, but it's still quite early, so wouldn't really like to judge them yet. But from what we've seen, Jan Paveda, uh, who's just joined on loan from Leeds, looks good and exciting. And Theo Corbinu, who we've got from Wolves, they're both very young, um, but they both seem to, to add something exciting. So, yeah, look out for them. Overall thoughts on Sunderland? Well, you know, um, we, we, we inhabit different worlds, don't we? Because Sunderland's a, a big club. Blackpool, teams like Blackpool, you know, we're, we're a little club and, you know, the media tend to, to favour the likes of Sunderland against the likes of us. Um, so, in, in that respect, we did actually find it quite funny that you were stuck in League One for so long. Um, but, to be honest, I mean, we, we, we did get an affection for Sunderland through watching Sunderland till I die. Um, really pitied you having to suffer Simon Grayson like we did, because I wouldn't wish him on anybody. Um, but, you know, you, you're a great town with great fans and... What we do, uh, Lee and I, for, for the YouTube channel and for my blog as well, we do a football tourist guide series uh, whereby on the day of the match or, or the day before if it's a Saturday, we'll explore the towns and cities that we visit, um, meeting the local people, finding out about the history of the towns, um, trying local food and, and local beers and, and, and find, just finding out more more about the people and the towns around these football clubs. Um, we're doing that for Sunderland uh, before the match. Um, so we're really looking forward to that and hopefully through doing that we, we will empathise more, even more with, with the people of Sunderland and, and Sunderland Football Club and, and have, have more affection for you as well because we do tend to fall in love with the places that, where we do these tourist guides. So you look really looking forward to that one. Especially seeing the, the Blackpool tram exhibition in the Land, Air and Sea Museum, which is, is going to be a highlight, I think. How do I think Sunderland are going to get on this season? I really don't know. I mean, it's your, your first season in, back in this league, isn't it? So it's, it's very difficult to say who's going to finish anywhere, to be honest. It's, anyone can finish anywhere in this league, realistically. I hope you do okay. Um, I don't know what your expectations are, whether you're expecting to, to bounce straight up or, or you'd be happy with, with mid-table, I'm not sure. Um, I look forward to seeing what you have to offer on the pitch with, with all our old players that you seem to be signing. My prediction for the match, I don't know, I'd like to see, because we have been playing quite well without winning uh, in our last couple of games. What I would like to see is, is a nice surprise... 2-0 win for Blackpool maybe like we did when we were in the Premier League just I like to think maybe you'll underestimate us a little bit and we'll, we'll take you by surprise and, and, and pop up with a win but who knows anything could happen but you could beat us 5-0 it could, could go anyway you never know with Blackpool you never know with football do you Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Wise Men's Day podcast, right? Okay, so thanks to Jane for that. Um, we touched on this before uh, in the first half where we, we've acknowledged that uh, it's not seemingly an issue for Sunderland to go longer than 60 minutes anymore because they've got these young kids who've came, they filled the bench, um, very young, very energetic. That's solved that issue. But at some point, we would want to see as fans um, a sign that they're ready to, to step up a little bit further. Could this be the game that happens, do we think? Anybody, you've already sort of indicated, Gareth, for the change that you would make. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Hamilton made way um, for Ahmad. Yeah, I, I think thought... it could be. I think he's just Mowbray is justified now from this game to say I've got to try and mix things up a little bit at that end of the pitch. Yeah, I, I would make that change as well. But harsh thought. I actually thought Hamilton had a like decent game, um, but Pritchard's been asked to do something that I think is kind of. Um, affected his ability to impact the game so hopefully when he goes back into his more natural role he'll, he will be having you know doing more positive things um, so I'd, even though based on the weekend I would probably say well on performance you'd you'd drop Pritchard but um, I, 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 that's the change I'd make for Embleton I probably wouldn't make any others Um I mean, you might have to have a look at Evans and see how he is. Um, that could be a change you might make and bring Barr in. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he made that change either. I think I mean, at some point you've got to just show them a little bit of trust. He's done that yeah. first game, doesn't he, by bringing them on from the bench when, uh, you know, after the first couple of games, he was sort of wondering if if they were anywhere near ready. And he, and he, he said, he said, didn't he, after the Watford game, look, they've earned my trust in training. I've got to give him a chance. And it's almost like, well, actually, it's starting to earn his trust by by the impact they have him on the come on as well. Yeah, I mean, it's always that thing, isn't it? At what point is a player okay to come on for 20 minutes, half an hour? And when does that switch to, okay, he's okay to start a game and probably play for an hour? You know, that might be the, the next step. You might, you know, when the time comes, you might find that Bar or... Bennett or you know one of the uh, Ahmad come comes on and uh, sorry um, starts a game, but they're looking to be replaced by the hour mark. Um, that's got to be probably the next step for them. I I think that they're probably none of them will be yet near playing a full ninety minutes in the in the championship. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll come a point where where they're ready to step things up and and start, but but will be one of the earlier 
substitutions, if you see what I mean. I mean, you've, you've got to, you're looking at Mishu as well, who I know he's talked about him this week and saying he's a bit frustrated that he's not kind of got involved to the extent of the other players. So it'd be interesting to see if he can get him onto the bench. Um, but he's got to get Sergan on the bench. So who who yeah. comes out? Who comes off the bench for Sergan? Um, you know, is it right that that drops off the bench for Sergan if you bring in another defender on? So it's you know as the players come back and get fitter, you know he's got those decisions to make as well. Um, he's kind of got to put Diaco on the bench, hasn't he? Because He's the his he is the foot the 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 striker if you need a body but you know the fact he's kind of like the one of the last substitutions that get made towards the end of the game probably shows it's kind of a bit of a hail mary to bring him on rather than like a <clears throat> you know someone you, you truly believe is going to impact the game so I don't know I mean it's it's good to see that we've got these options um. It's weird. It still feels like a little bit. Well, obviously, if the striker thing does make it feel like you missed, we're missing. Um, it's a, a missing massive piece of the jigsaw. But then at the same time, we've got quite a lot of options elsewhere. Um, when, when fully fit, it's interesting, isn't it? That you know, before this League One adventure, we had and stuff like draw nil nil at home to a mid-table side of the championship and people would have been a bit annoyed by that and there would have been a few grumbles and groans. And there wasn't that, was there? And I think people are generally patient and understanding of where we are and the journey that we're on. At what point does that start to change? Because I expect, I don't know about you, but I don't know what you two think, but well, at the beginning of the season, playoffs was absolutely nowhere near in my mind and I still think that will be top end of expectation. But I've seen nothing in the league to suggest... We shouldn't be hovering around the edge of the playoffs. And although the Watford, the end of the Watford game was great because it was a last-minute winner, we didn't win it. We didn't win on Saturday. Tuesday comes along. Is it kind of important that they, they get back to winning ways or, or those grumbles and groans might be just around the corner, you, you worry? I hope, I hope that that's not, not the case because... Um... You know, you do have to, to learn to walk before you can run. And, you know, it was a big step up from, from League One. And as you say, nobody was expecting playoffs um, this season following promotion. Um, and I still think that over the course of a full season, Sunderland will fall away from that top six. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I hope I'm proved wrong, obviously. But, but I, I do think that that will happen. Um you know, you, up to the weekend, I know it's slightly different now, but, but up to the weekend, you were still in a situation where Sunderland were fifth and Middlesbrough were third bottom, but there's only six points between them. Um, so it has been much of a muchness across the, the whole division. Um, I, think, I think it's only, what, eight points between sixth place and third bottom even even now. Um so it's it's quite possible to make up that kind of gap relatively quickly. I think Tony Mowbray said, um, you know, when you're playing three games a week, you can you can make up that kind of ground in a week between two teams. If one team has a bad week and one team has a good week. Um, 
so the, so I, I do think there's there's quite a, quite a way before we, we're going to see it sort of shake out and we'll we'll get a proper look. But over the course of a full season, I think you'll start to see the the strong teams will will separate out. Um, and I don't see Sunderland in that top six block or even you know sort of top eight or nine. I think Sunderland will be in the next block down, which is sort of from tenth place down to I'd say fourteenth, fifteenth. But hopefully, you know, competing strongly in in that section and and keeping well clear of the bottom block. I think it's going to depend how how, how well these young lads do once they start starting, once they begin to start games, because I've not. I agree with you. Like all my logic is agreeing with you, but I just can't help judging of what we've seen and what we've come up yeah. against, and just where you just think what's to be faithful of. That's why I think it's really important game for us just to get a good gauge because um you know this is this is a side who you would imagine are going to be comfortable mid-table and so it's going to be good to say like you know are we at that level or do we back ourselves more at all ryan law come out the end of the game didn't he and said that not many teams are going to come away from from anything with yeah. uh, from the stadium like with anything and, and this is a guy who, who's been at the championship for a couple of years so it was encouraging yeah. to hear that, wasn't it? From an opinion. I mean, I, I, I know when, Sun, when Sunderland are uh, sort of eighth in the table and they were fifth going into the into the weekend and thing. I know me then saying, well, you know, I'm looking at tenth to fifteenth sounds like like I'm being quite quite down on it, but that's just my feeling over the course of an entire forty six game season for a newly promoted team. Um, I you know I still think that. For a newly promoted team to finish tenth in the championship in, in its first season, or to have a chance of finishing tenth, is, is good going. You know, um, I'm, I'm certainly not pouring cold water on, on the team and, and what it's done so far and what it might do yet. I'm just trying trying to be more realistic about about it because I think the danger is that that if Sunderland, if expectations do uh, build to such an extent that a, a goalless draw at home. Um, against an established championship side like Preston um, is seen as a, a bit of a disappointment. Then I think, then I think you're right, and and then the sort of the grumbles will come, and, and I desperately don't want that to happen. I don't think it will, in, in, unless you know we we really get a good kicking in a couple of these games when we're playing without a striker, and and, and things could potentially change that way. Um, any more, any more suggested changes? Are we thinking that it could be those one or two at, at the most? With uh, yeah, I think Bar be, and Ahmed, it's yeah. not going to be more than that. If if that is it, yeah, I I think it'll be just you'll put Ahmed in and yeah, probably Embleton to come out, and that I think that'll be it. Um, I think you know Evans, if he's fine, then you know his experience is you know a vital part of that that team. So. Yeah, I, I would say. And he's not been expected to play in any minutes now. Yeah, so, mm. so yeah, I, I would go with that. Um, I, I would just go with the one change, I think, to start. How confident are we? I actually find, I have, like, I I fancy us to win the game. Um, Even without a centre forward. Um, Still create, we're still getting into good areas and you know, we're still aggressive, and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that you know we we see, you know, something similar to what we saw against Rotherham. You know, in terms of uh, 
performance maybe i don't know i mean i'm not like trying to like do blackpool down or anything i just i don't know i just got i just fancy us i've got i've got a feeling um we don't tend to like go on a run where we don't win games at the moment we seem to maybe draw a couple win one lose one you know so i I, I fancy us to to win the game i think think when, when when you look at um the last three three games obviously sunderland got Scored five goals in those two two matches um, at uh, Reading and, and Watford. I, I see Blackpool probably being a bit more ambitious than Preston were, um, and I think that'll suit Sunderland. I think you know the more ambitious yeah. a team is when they come to the stadium, like the better that is for Sunderland. Sunderland's best, um, uh, you know, best methodology is, is is to get at teams and put them under pressure and, and attack them. Um, and I, th- I think that they'll have more opportunity to do that against Blackpool than they did against Preston, who are very, very defensive and, uh, you know, a stop-start all, all the time. Um, obviously, there's there's a chance that, that Blackpool might try a similar tactic, having seen that it, that it worked quite well for Preston. But, um, you know, I, I hope that's not the case. I hope that they, they come a bit more toe-to-toe with something. But if they don't, if they, if they do take the Preston... Um, Approach or some some variation of it. I mean, it's quite a um, a feather in Sunderland's cap that in their first season back in the Championship, teams are, are paying them an awful lot of respect and are not coming here thinking, you know, um, they can just waltz in and, and pick up the points and disappear off. You know, they're coming here and and they're thinking, you know, we need to find some way of stopping Sunderland. Here. I mean, it's it's quite a compliment to Sunderland, albeit it'll make for some frustrating home games. Mm. Early world, yeah. Don't do that, Blackpool. Shows no respect whatsoever. Come and open the game up. Exactly. Let's, Play let's 10 strikers. See, yeah, let's see if you've got it. Let's see what you can bring. Okay. Uh, anybody else got anything to add before we uh we move on and close for the close for the evening? No, blank no. expressions. Well, <laughs> I did the I did the reaction, didn't I? So I can't you know people are sick of us now. Well, I'd say now. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say now. Uh right, well, um, <clears throat> Matt will be back uh, later to look back at the Blackpool game, what is hopefully a win for the lads, uh, and then look ahead to the weekend. So, as always, thanks for listening.